1: This follicle-hacking drug could one day treat baldness. Researchers are working on an injectable that could get dormant follicles growing again. Trials on my show promise. By Sumar Bajaj. Denise Jones quit her job because she was losing her hair. Diagnosed with the autoimmune disease alopecia areata, she saw her hair falling out in patches, bald spots dotting her scalp. The snarky comments and backhanded compliments had already started at her workplace, and she wasn't sure how much more she could take, so she left. According to her physician Luis Garza, a professor of dermatology at Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine in the U.S., Denise, whose name has been changed to protect her privacy, is far from alone in experiencing stress and anxiety over hair loss. Hair, he explains, is a fundamental aspect of identity, deeply intertwined with our body image and sense of self. That's why baldness can quite literally change a person's life. Yet despite more than 50% of women and 85% of men in the U.S. experiencing balding during their lives, there still aren't effective treatments for hair loss. None of them work really well, Garza says. For common baldness, the two drugs approved by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, or FDA, finasteride and minoxidil, promote hair growth only slightly, must be used daily, and can cause side effects like deep depression and decreased libido. Another popular option is hair transplantation where hair follicles are moved from one part of the scalp to another, but the procedure is invasive, expensive, costing 4000 to $15,000 out of pocket in the U.S., and limited by how much hair can be removed. Given these lackluster options, many people can't do anything meaningful about their hair loss. But that may soon change. In a study published in Developmental Cell last month, Maxim Plikus, professor of developmental and cell biology at the University of California, Irvine, and chief scientific officer of hair biotech company Amplifica, uncovered the role of a potent signaling molecule called Skub3. This protein might reshape how physicians approach baldness. With its roughly half a million hair follicles, you can think of your scalp as a gigafactory of 3D printers. According to Plukus, nearly all of these follicles need to be constantly printing in order to create a full mop of hair. But in common baldness, these printers start shutting down leading to hair thinning, if roughly 50% have switched off, and balding when more than 70% are off. By activating stem cells present in people's scalps, SCUBE-3 hacks hair follicles to restart the production line and promote rapid growth. Plikis' research began because he wanted to better understand dermal papilla cells, which are located at the bottom of hair follicles. It's notoriously difficult to experiment with them, so to learn more about how they work, his team used a genetic tool to target a signaling pathway, a series of molecular reactions that involve certain proteins that these cells use to drive hair growth. The goal was to get this pathway in a set of hairless mice to stay always switched on. Once he and his team got the tool to work, the genetically modified mice started rapidly growing hair. But Plikus and his team didn't know what exactly in this pathway was driving growth. So using single-cell RNA sequencing, a technique that lets you see what genes are active in a cell, and thus what proteins are being created, they compared cells from the genetically modified mice and control mice. They found that SCUB3 was being expressed in the mutant mice, but not in the controls. That didn't mean anything on its own, however, because scube 3 could have just been a bystander molecule. So they performed a series of experiments with this protein, first deleting it from mice, then injecting it into normal mice, and then injecting it into mice with human hair follicles grafted to their skins. These all showed that SCUB3 drives hair growth, and crucially, with the last experiment, human hair growth. While Plecus recognizes that much work is needed to go from mouse models to an FDA-approved treatment, He's already envisioning a future in which patients might go to their dermatologist to get SCUBE-3 micro-injected into their scalps. You have a patient sitting in a dentist-like chair. They close their eyes, and then you go, ch ch says as he mimics a syringe being pressed into the patient's head. SCUBE-3 would be dispensed less than a millimeter deep, with only micrograms needed, so the procedure would be short, under 20 minutes and fairly painless, he predicts. The cost might be similar to Botox, so not cheap, but certainly less expensive than a hair transplant. In addition, the therapy would probably need to be repeated two or three times a year to ensure continued hair growth. Pharma would love the model, Plikus says, because booster therapy is an attractive mix of real efficacy and repeat customers. The popularity of Botox and dermal fillers demonstrates this well. If things take off, SCUBE would also be easy to scale, given that culturing proteins is cheap and already widely done, as it is for insulin. I think it's a realistic vision, says Maria Kasper, associate professor of cell and molecular biology at Karolinska Institute in Sweden. However, she emphasizes that it's too early to say whether Plikus's findings will lead to a new treatment for hair loss, and notes that alternative therapeutic approaches are being developed as well. TURN Biotechnologies, for instance, is developing a treatment that uses messenger RNA or mRNA following the same basic principles as the Pfizer and Moderna COVID vaccines, delivering genetic instructions to our cells to have them build useful substances. According to co-founder Vittorio Sebastiano, an associate professor of obstetrics and gynecology at Stanford University in the U.S., TURN's goal is to deliver mRNA encoding for a cocktail of proteins that can turn back the clock on hair follicles. Their treatment, TRN001, would be delivered to follicles using liquid nanoparticles and help reset stem cells there, making the follicles functionally younger. I would be happy to get my hair back to when I was 30, Sebastiano jokes, so that would be 15 years of rejuvenation. Sebastiano is hoping to start clinical trials in humans by the end of next year, or early 2024, envisioning a future in which TRN001 is applied topically with microinjections, much like Plikus imagines for Skube 3 But while an mRNA-based approach might be more potent, since it forces cells to make relevant proteins themselves, Sebastiano recognizes that this technology's newness makes the cost and periodicity of treatment difficult to predict and the regulatory landscape more challenging. In fact, Kevin McKelvey, associate professor of dermatology at the University of British Columbia in Canada and chief scientific officer of hair biotech company Replicell says that's why his team isn't going down the mRNA route. The regulatory issues with the FDA are huge. Instead, RepliCell and a competitor, HairClone, are working on a cell-based approach to baldness where hair cells from one part of the scalp are moved to another in order to kick-start growth. First, hair follicles are harvested from the back of the person's scalp. Then the relevant cells, dermal papilla cells for HairClone, dermal sheath cup cells for RepliCell, are dissected out and cultured and finally, these multiplied cells are micro-injected into a person's balding head. Some of these cells are also cryopreserved for future injections. The problem with hair transplantation is that it's one for one. You still have the same number of hairs just spread out, says hair clone CEO Paul Kemp. With these multiplying techniques, you can instead increase the volume of hair. However, Kemp and Mikkel, we both estimate that for the patient, the process might take one to two months from start to finish, and at least initially cost more than hair transplants given the manual labor involved. But this treatment might also be more successful, Kemp says, because it's a personalized cell therapy unlike Plekis' approach, which is a one-size-fits-all. RepliCell's therapy has begun to be tested in patients in Japan, while HairClone hopes to start human trials in the UK by early 2023. Both countries have more flexible clinical trial requirements than the US. Nonetheless, whether it's with molecular, RNA, or cell-based approaches, new hair loss treatments are coming soon, It's just impossible to know when. Despite decades of trying, it's always that the next therapy of hair loss is five years away," Garza jokes. The problem is the valley of death between preclinical studies and commercialization, where hair biotech companies have long crashed and burned, he says, because baldness is so poorly understood to this day. They're trying to build skyscrapers in a swamp. Casper emphasizes the need for basic scientific research to establish a stronger foundation. Her lab at the Karolinska Institute, for instance, studies how to make new hair follicles inside skin from scratch, which is an admittedly more challenging question than how to hack existing follicles. Beyond offering opportunities to better understand hair biology, this research emphasizes the complexity of hair loss. scube 3 TRN001, and cloned cells can't help patients who don't have hair follicles in the first place. The only way to help such patients, who may have burns, large wounds, or scarring alopecia, is with new follicles. In all likelihood, none of these are going to be a magic bullet. Instead, the future is probably one of multiple treatments used together, each with complementary strengths and limitations. But Garza would be happy with even just one, because in the therapeutic black hole of baldness, his patients are becoming increasingly desperate and helpless. The state of art is terrible right now, he says. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more science news at Wired.com science.
0: Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over two million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com/wondersuite. That's bluehost.com/wondersuite.